0: This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. All right, welcome to our show. Awesome, Chris, pleasure to meet you, buddy. And you as well, and what is your name? Uh, my name is Pedro Machado. Pedro Machado, all right, what would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? Um, I can't put it on one thing, to be honest. Uh,
1: I haven't really been a, a choreographer for a long time. I've taken a break from dancing because of my portable professional dance floor business. Mm-hmm. So I've been focusing on building the business in the UK and Europe. Um, so I'm uh, a presenter at line dance events. Um, I really don't judge that much anymore because I'm not up to date with the current standard of, le- of dance and technique. Um, so I, I guess right now I'm just sort of the presenter slash floor guy maybe. All right. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of the entertainers. I'm one of the, the fun people in the industry. The oh, perform okay. bad boy kind of thing. Cool. And uh, have
0: you choreographed any dances in the past that we might know about? Yeah,
1: yeah, well, I choreographed King of the Road with Joe Thompson. Okay. Uh, Mambo Number no. 5, uh, Kickin' Rock, Funkin' Groovin'. You Java were Kickin Rock? Dro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we still do that in Sonoma County. Awesome, cool, man, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, Jungle Freak uh, with uh, Bill Laura. And, yeah, there's there's a couple other ones,
0: yeah. I just brain freeze right now. All right. Uh, let's see, do you consider the, uh, the role that you have... In the line dance community, to be part of your identity at this point, or is it more just kind of a side hobby? Definitely? No, no, it's definitely an identity. Um, really? Because I started,
1: uh, because I was part of the the founding members of Masters in Line um, and Superstar Productions, and it's always been line dancing. Everything and that I do is sort of line dancing base. So I always wear my hat, my buffalo, my boots, and that's pretty much the iconic Pedro. When you think of Pedro, people know it's either sleeveless shirts belt, boots, buckle, and hat kind of thing, that's just me, uh, unless I'm wearing a tank top and shorts and flip flops and I'm just saw chill out mode, mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely a, a redneck kind of guy at heart, yeah. definitely, yeah. I got the pickup truck and da 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 da, and, and uh, what is it that's on your buckle at the moment? Uh, this buckle that I'm wearing now is my superstar world championship buckle, ah. uh, so I won superstar division back in the late 90s, maybe early 2000, uh, for the UCWDC. I've won three world championships. I've taught and performed in over 20 countries. And uh, I was in line dancer, Crystal Boots, uh, line dancer Hall of Fame in 2012, I believe it was. Oh, wow. And the Spanish Hall of Fame in 2004. Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame. Wow. And uh, uh, Country Spirit Award in 1998 in South Carolina. And I, I like those awards the best where it's just about dancing. It's not about competing. I mean, right. competition is it's fun. I enjoyed it, but... It's not my thing. I'm the social guy.
0: I like entertaining people, making them laugh. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. For anybody who can hear the music in the background, this is Shut Up and Dance. And one of my favorite dances to do, this is done in Southern California by Haley Quirk, called Dance With Me. Cool, cool. That's yeah, so just a little shout-out there. Nice. All right, so what affects the level of investment that you feel in Lion Dance at this point?
1: What affects my
0: mm-hmm. level yeah. of investment? People I pick guess- it up and drop it all the time,
1: but... Yeah, yeah, no, no, people do pick it up and drop it all the time. I guess it's it's life. It's life. For me, unfortunately, it was business, family, and, and pushing my business further forward. Uh, but now that I've taken on a, a co- contracts manager or operations manager for me, he's actually taking over me and everything that I do, uh, floor business, footwear, etc., etc. It's allowing me more time to do this, which I love this. I love social dancing. I love meeting new people like yourself. I love your energy on the floor, man. It's awesome, dude, it's awesome. So I guess it's really life and, and bills and whatever's going on in your life. But for me, line dancing, any kind of dancing, has always been my escape of reality. I know that when I go out on a Wednesday night line dancing at the local honky-tonk, man, no matter what's going on in my life, as soon as I get to the bar and I, st- and, I and the songs are playing, and I don't care if it's a tush-push, you know, choreographed by Jim Farrazzano in 1978 or whatever it was, or if it's something a little more complicated, For me, it's just escaping the reality and losing myself when I get on the dance floor. I don't care what issues I have, debt, finances, wife, child, car, work, it's gone. The minute I step on the floor and that song's playing, everything's all right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm gone, I'm in that zone, man. I'm just loving it, I'm loving it. And then you look around, you see people getting too serious and looking down at the floor. And man, just look up and smile and just think how lucky you are right now, you know. You're surrounded by your friends, There's a really cool country song playing about losing your job, losing your wife, you had to shoot the dog, and (laughs) something bad's going on in your life. And then you got that heartwarming country song as well, so it's it's just
0: escaping life, man. It's such an escape. What is it that brought you to line dancing originally? I was a construction supervisor uh, in Washington,
1: D.C., and line dancing for me was a fluke, complete fluke. Uh, I was uh, in charge of a pipe-bursting crew. I was one of three pipe-bursting foremen in North America in the 90s. And we were doing a major, major job in uh, Washington, D.C., in Bethesda. And we were digging next to this tree that some pope had planted Yay. in the 1700s or something. <laughs> and the EPA was all over us, and the television was there, and newspapers were there. And they're watching everything that we do. And we had an 18-hour stressful day. Um, and the lads were all like, come on, we're going to a country bar. And I never went out with the lads. I never went out with the guys from work because then you friends and they call it sick and they expect to, you know. And you know what, it was one of those nights that I just didn't care. Uh, you know what, I'll meet y'all there, great. So I drove up to the honky-tonk in my four-wheel drive. Uh, 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 I, I was a redneck anyways, I love country music, but I had not gone to a proper honky-tonk. And next thing you know, we're in this honky-tonk and we're doing 12-ounce curls at the bar, you know, Copenhagen can in your back pocket and we're drinking Budweiser's and I'm looking at the dance floor and I'm thinking, I've got to learn how to do this. I'm sat here at the bar with all these guys and all the girls are line dancing. So I was that guy, you see, at the honky-tonk that's trying to keep up with everybody, that's four counts off, that's (laughs) smiling, looking very confused, but loving it, you know, secretly just like, oh, I'm digging this. So it started there. And it started off as a a, a Friday night and then it was a Saturday night and then it was Wednesday nights, it was ladies' nights, then I started going on Wednesday nights and then next thing you know, it was six nights a week because they weren't open on a Monday. Ah. And... uh, A new bar opened up, I started going there, I got on the, they started a dance team, Pedro, we've been watching you dance, we joined the team. Next thing you know, I was a dancer on the team, then I was team captain, then I was coach, then I was choreographer, and then we were competing internationally, and man, it all just spiraled from
0: there. Do you remember what that first dance was that got you on the board? (sighs) Man, good question. No, no, part of me
1: wants to say it was like Swamp Thing or something like that, you know, Some, some Max Perry dance. Yeah, yeah, it was something old. Um, I, I can't remember, uh, I want to say it was
0: Tracy Bird or something, I don't know. But Tracy I, Bird might be in a Watermelon Crawl. Maybe that was it, maybe that was it. Yeah, 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 okay. very possible. Alright, and uh, what was your background in dance before this? Did you have any dance training? At all? Good question, man. Um, I,
1: I did a little bit of break dancing when I was younger. Uh, I moved to Portugal when I was 16. My father had brain tumor and colon cancer and he wanted to die in Portugal, so I had to go back to Portugal to the homeland, the motherland, I'm a pork chop. So we had to go back to Portugal, and I was 16 years old. Spoke the language fluently, but didn't read and write very well. So uh, a lot of the kids didn't like me because I was the Americano. That was my nickname, Wimbledon. And then I started hanging out with the Brazilian kid that they didn't like. And uh, uh, the gay kid that they didn't like. And the burnout that they didn't like. And we started a little breakdance group, you know. We started breakdancing at the Brazilian guy's mom's pizza place in the basement with all the cardboard boxes from the pizza. And then we started going to my house in the garage because it was a little bit of a warmer area. And we got the line o. and then next thing you know, we're just breakdancing on the streets and competing. And then we started doing well, and then I won the local competition, and I, I got sponsored, and then I got the team sponsored, and it just, breakdancing was my escape of reality. It all sort of started there. So, no formal training, no background in anything. Started line dancing with nothing, just I had timing and rhythm from street dance and breakdance. And then uh, once I won my first world championship, I had to start taking private lessons and cha-cha and waltz so I could do it properly because my waltz was literally just bend the knees. I wasn't compressing on and uh and driving on one, starting my rise on two, complete on three, and compress, and I wasn't doing all the technique. I was just faking it. So after I won my first world championship, which maybe was a fluke,
0: I then need to really buckle down and start learning technique properly. And did you like, I mean, you you mentioned you had like the truck and the Copenhagen and all that. How long have you liked uh, country music? My father and I argued about country music when I was a little kid, because I hated it at
1: first. Mm -hmm. But because Dad played it all the time, uh, I started liking it. And then working construction, man, you know, it's just redneck, isn't it? You know what I mean? And then I I always had the four-wheel drives with 33-inch, 35-inch, 36-inch tires, brush guards. Go hunting every year for two weeks in November, deer hunting in West Virginia mountains you listen to country music. If you don't listen to country music, you know, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. But I also, because of the street dance, I liked rap and country, and I like classical, and I like jazz, and I like all music. Mm-hmm. So, but I like my country. I still got loads and loads of country music, and Garth's still my
0: one of my favorites. What music would you say is the easiest for you to choreograph to?
1: Anything with a beat, anything with a good strong beat, or anything with some something different in the background that you can hit in the music. Uh, anything with breaks. But I don't like choreographing to a lot of stuff that has like, okay, I choreographed some dances that had tags, like Mambo no. Number Five had a lot of tags uh, and breaks, but it was an amazing track. When I heard it in Germany the first time, I thought, wow, okay, I got to choreograph to this, even though it wasn't country. Um, so for me, it's any music that has a very powerful beat or some symbols or something different in the background that I can hit to just make it a cool, different dance. What is your process in doing that, I'm finding those hits? You've gotta f- find the song that you enjoy. Then you gotta, for me, I gotta phrase it out. And I struggle phrasing music, so I always have somebody help me phrase it. Uh, because I have my strengths and I have my weaknesses, and phrasing music is not one of them, I suck at that. Uh, like I suck at math and I suck at English and writing, And but I do have my strengths, I'm a very creative person. So first is phrasing music. How many breaks are there? How many how many tags are there? I like finding stuff that doesn't have a lot. One tag, one break, one free. Okay, uh, we'll do it. But not uh, ABC, 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 You know, it's just too much for these people. Um, so really it's finding a good track, something that's cool, that's catchy. I don't choreograph to all the new music because everybody and their mother choreographs to it. So right now I'm looking at doing some choreography. I want to get it put, start putting it back on the floor but I'm looking at old stuff. I'm looking at some old Bob Seger. I'm looking at some old Ted Nugent. I'm looking at some old Elvis, some some older tracks that nobody's touched. And when I choreograph it, nobody else is gonna have, is gonna do it. These choreographers these days, as soon as something comes out in a movie, they're on it, man. And then you've got five dances to the same song and the floor is confused. Nobody knows what to do. Everybody gets out there and they start and everybody's doing something different. And there's no choreographer respect out there where people say, okay, I'm going to choreograph to this. Somebody else is going to do it no matter what. So for me, I want to find an old school track. And I've got some really cool old stuff. You know, I just choreographed one of the Rob Fowler to uh, Eric Clapton, Layla. And it's a cool little dance. And it's very simple, very easy. And we're going to release it soon. And that's what I want to do, old school stuff. You know, REO Speedwagon, some old Billy Joel, and some old... um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, anyways, um, uh, The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. I want to choreograph to
0: some old stuff, some old ACDC and something different. And you mentioned that you, you have help on this occasionally. Do you collaborate with other choreographers?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've collaborated with Joe Thompson, Rob Fowler, Rachel McEnany, Paul McAdam, Guyton Mundy. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, it's, just, it's just loads of choreographers, so... It's all about that respect and finding somebody. You hear their track and be like, hey, you want to do this with me? You know, and so I'd love to choreograph a dance this weekend, but everybody's so busy with workshops and rehearsals, and it's really hard to find the time. Uh, And then you have this code of, not conduct or ethics, but you have a lot of these new choreographers that are very, very territorial. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You won't see it, and a lot of these people have no idea to exist. But a lot of these choreographers will just choreograph with one another and not bring anybody else in. Nobody new comes in and, and nobody else, no other old school person. And, and you'll see a lot of choreographers that are doing the same stuff, that are choreographing together. And they're doing stuff with their, by themselves or one or two other people and that's it. So they're keeping it sort of in this little groove where it just works. It's them on the circuit. They get hired together. They choreograph together. But, you know, whatever they need to do to stay in the game. For me, I'm not bothered if I'm in the game or if I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of these where I have to do this. I enjoy doing this. I like doing this. Um, It's not my money maker, it's not my
0: bread earner, but I enjoy the people, I enjoy dancing. So, I don't take it that seriously. With people scattered all over the world, how does that process work of of collaborating? Multiple different ways, okay? First there's Skype,
1: right? There's Skype, any kind of FaceTime. Then there's, uh, you're meeting up at the hotel, you're sharing a room together, so any spare moment you're up in the room choreographing writing the dance sheet, writing the script, whatever, putting it up online, posting it, YouTubing it. So there's a lot of different ways of, you know, posting something, okay, I've choreographed the first eight counts, I put it on video, I send it to you, Now choreograph the next set of eight. Uh, Or do the first set of four, the second set of four, and then you put it together. And then you say, well, I want it to flow this way, let's make it a four-wall dance. Um, I'm gonna do the first set of eight, and I'm gonna make sure it turns a quarter turn. You do the next set, you make it turn another quarter turn, and make sure when you're done with that set of eight, make sure when you're done with that set of eight that it's facing this wall so there are ways of doing it where you don't even have to see each other and then you can just finish it video and send it to one another do it together don't do it together just make sure it flows the main thing is that it flows it works the weight changes are on the right foot for the next set of eight so I choreographed the first set of eight I do a quarter turn my weight ends up on my left foot now you do the
0: next set of eight so there are ways of doing it as a a dancer out there who also choreographs, are there any steps that you feel like uh, you inject into uh, what it is that you create, like uh, uh, regularly? Like, oh, I'm I'm the wizard step guy or something like that. Um, There's, uh, for me, I guess a lot of people say it was like the Roger Rabbits, because I like
1: to do the Roger Rabbits with ankle breakers in it, or uh, like a dance that was Reflex, and Mambo Number 5 had the ankle breakers in it, so somebody will say that. flick. Back in the early '90s, I was a flick guy. I like doing cha-cha's with a little flick in it somewhere, you know, toe point,
0: straight to the ceiling. So yeah, I've, I guess I've got a couple signature moves, Okay. but I haven't used them in years. Overall, what would you say is your personal style? If somebody were to look at a silhouette, what what is it about you that would identify you? I guess it's, it's the hat, boots, and the buckle. Uh,
1: well, dancing-wise, dancing-wise, yeah, yeah, it's it's either waltz, cha-cha, or street are my strongest. So And I dance like a man. When you see me on the floor, I dance like a man. I have manly arms. I have manly frame. So I would
0: say cha-cha waltz and street dance are my strongest. In what ways, I mean, this is a great example of it being at this uh, Vegas dance explosion. Uh, In what ways have you seen line dance change since you started? And in what ways have you changed since you started?
1: Okay, well... I guess it's changed where it's progressed, because when I started, it was keep your hands on your buckle, do not take your hands off your buckle or you'll lose points if you're competing kind of thing, because you're taking the dance, um, you're, you're doing your own personal interpretation of the dance, so you're taking over the dance, and that was back in the day in the late 90s, was a, early 90s, was a no-no. Um, so it's changed to the point where you don't have to have this buckle-holding straight-arm frame thing. You can... Personally, express yourself any way you want it's good to have style and lines and shapes and that kind of a thing and,
0: um, and then
1: I guess for me changing wise when I first started I was the straw hat snake boots wearing um, can of Copenhagen in my back pocket Budweiser in the other uh, country two-step kind of with the beer bottle in my hand serious redneck and the more and more I started dancing, competing, and traveling, I had to fine-tune that. I had to finesse it a little bit because um, you can't do that everywhere. You can't. Uh, so, dress shirts—not uh, so many country shirts anymore with the band collars and that kind of thing. Uh, I started getting a little more into the Latin look, the Latin body shirts and that kind of thing with the with the with the open chest, which I, like I'm wearing now. Um, but I was always the Wrangler guy. I always had my Wranglers on, always had my boots on, always had the buckle, and nine times out of 10, always had the hat, always had the hat. Um, so I changed a little bit, and I think maybe it was for the best. Uh, I do miss the dancing and going to the rodeos with my buddies, and a lot of my buddies were uh, rodeo guys. I took the dancing, they took the rodeo element of it. Um, but, uh, and the other thing was, when I started, it was very, very much country, country music. And I liked all music, so I choreographed to everything, like Mambo no. Number 5 and House of Pain, and I choreographed to all kinds of different stuff. Uh, and a lot of people didn't like that. But if you look at line dancing now, and you look at the choreographers, man, they're doing a lot of contemporary stuff, right? And now I'm the guy that's, man, it's just, I don't wanna say I don't like it, because there is a market for it. But when you see some of the people doing it, they just don't look good doing it. They're trying, I know they're trying, but there's some moves that people can't can't pull off. So when I do choreography I try to make it very simple, very easy that anybody can do it and anybody will look good doing it. But some of the dances that are coming out today are just way too complicated. There's way too many weird arms and I know it's contemporary, but
0: when you watch the people do it, I don't know. It's
1: I'm not talking smack about it, because I know people like it,
0: but it just doesn't look right. Some people just don't look right doing it. You mentioned the rodeo, where else uh, have you danced besides the circuit and the bars, do you go to festivals? I've danced uh, in over 20 countries,
1: Japan, performed for the president of Singapore, Malaysian royal family, I've danced in rodeos in Maryland, I've rodeo clowned and fought bulls in France, Um, I've got the rodeo clown outfit and the makeup and the lot and I miss it, I miss it, I do enjoy that, I gotta do more of that. The guy from rodeo France, rodeo.fr, said he'd let me rodeo at all the events in France, um, and I think I need to add that to my schedule, contacting him and doing that more because I really enjoy, you know, taking, protecting the cowboys, you know, and because of the the character that I am, it makes the people laugh as well, you know. My little outfit's cool, and it's all about the kids as well. So, yeah, Japan, Singapore, Malaysia, South Africa, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Latvia, uh, all over the U.S., uh, Hawaii. I've been very fortunate, very blessed. Line dancing's taken me around the world. I haven't banked any money, but I've met some amazing people and it's, it's been
0: an amazing ride. And for the places that you went to that you would consider like the best line dance venues or experiences, what did those places have in common? I'd say it was the, the passion and joy of
1: line dance and uh, not caring, uh, where everybody was just flowing and the energy was amazing. Like France right now, is just, wow. France is amazing, the energy in France. Um, Australia, when I went back in the early 2000s, wow. And still today, when I watch Dancing in Australia, and I'm going in, in May, it's amazing. It's old school, it's the hats, the boots, the buckles, the fringe. I love that, I love that. So I guess for me, it's just uh, the attitude, the the atmosphere, the enjoying part of line dance, the enjoying part of the escape is... is what puts it all together in all those different places that they're just having a good time. They're just loving it. Is there a place you consider your home venue? Absolutely. My honky-tonk is in Maryland, and it's the Cancun Cantina in Glen Burnie. And I haven't been in years, and I miss it, man, and I'm a stalker. I follow the Facebook page. I always see what's going on. And I'm dying to go back. I'm dying to go back to the cantina. Um, Outside of the cantina... uh, there's a couple places in the Netherlands and France and yeah, there's honky tonks all over. In Nashville. I lived in Knoxville for a while. And I taught at Cotton Eye Joe's, so I miss Cotton Eye Joe's. So if it had, if I had to put numbers on it, it'd be the Cancun Cantina number one, definitely, definitely. Then Cotton Eye Joe's, and then I also taught at Ronnie Millsaps in Pigeon Forge in Tennessee. And those were cool, man. There was no, there was sort of clicks, but no real clicks. Everybody just liked to dance, you know it was all about the, the cowboy up and the you know the band sh- collar shirts and the can of Copenhagen and the Budweiser and
0: the pickup trucks and the camouflage and man i miss that i really miss that have, have there been any worst possible experiences that were just everything went wrong and, and you would never go back and if you can imagine a, a situation like that that hasn't actually existed what would that include
1: i've had situations where I went on a cruise, and it was a dance cruise, and uh, I, uh, we went out, and it was me, a couple of the big pros that are here, like Joe Thompson, Max Perry, Kathy Hanyati who's not here, uh, Ronnie Beard, Nashville Recording Artist. We all went out on an excursion, we went to the, the nude beach kind of thing, and we were drinking, and we weren't nude, but, and uh, we were drinking and partying, and on the way back, it was one of those, oh, I'm gonna go, because I had to sing about tattoos and piercings, and. So I'm gonna go get my nipple pierced. No, Petra, don't do it, you're gonna miss the ship, you're gonna miss the ship. No, 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 I'll be all right, I'll be all right. Long story short, I missed the ship. (laughs) It was my birthday the following day. I'm stuck in St. Thomas, $50, passport, uh, tank top, flip-flops, shorts, and no credit card. And I was stuck there for three days and it was horrible. And I had to call Jamie Davis and Joe Thompson to pack my room on the cruise. And they threw all my stuff in one of the containers. They didn't even pack anything nice. When I got to Miami, uh, you know, four days later, and I got my stuff, I didn't see anybody from the cruise at all, because I had missed it completely. I had to get my stuff, and I had to fly to Paris, because I was teaching at Euro Disney, and I had to repack, I'm the guy at the airport that has all this stuff scattered, and he's repacking his stuff. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. So the dance merchandise, the CDs, the music, the this, the t-shirts, the whatever else I was selling at the time, repack everything and fly to Paris, and then when I got to Paris, I'm standing at the belt waiting for my stuff to to come, and all of a sudden, here come a pair of shoes and some shirts and some socks, and I'm like, oh man, somebody's having a bad day. Oh, that's my stuff. (laughs) Oh, those are my dance shoes. Oh, that's my stuff. Oh, man. And I was so pissed off, right? And my Tupperware, you know, hard plastic case Tupperware shattered, military case, shattered, stuff everywhere. So I go to the French check-in thing to, to talk about the baggage thing. And they're like, oh, our man in France can fix this. I'm like, you can't fix this, man. Oh, no, no, he has very good glue and he can fix it. It was crushed. It was shattered into a million pieces. There's no way he can fix this. So I was really pissed off. I got out. The main guy is there from Euro Disney with a sign waiting to pick me up. It wasn't even a driver. It was one of the main guys that hired me. And I was pissed off. And I was raging. You know, I'd missed a cruise ship. And this happened. Da da da. And I just exploded when I got out. And I'm like, I hate, you know, I was cussing. I hate France. I'm never coming back here again. If you want me next year, I'm going to charge you double. I'm never coming back here. I had an amazing weekend at Euro Disney. There was 3,000 people on the dance floor at one time trying to watch my feet. And I ended up just laying on my back and putting my feet up in the air and sort of showing them what my feet were doing because nobody could see. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the the cameraman sort of zoomed in. So on on the monitors, I'm on my back. My feet are in the air. And uh, I had an amazing time. I left and I got a phone call four days later when I landed or a couple days later and the guy from France was like Pedro we know your fees double for next year but we want you back and it was like everything went wrong went wrong everything that went wrong went wrong but um so uh, it, it was one of those things that everything that could have gone wrong went wrong but I made the best of it in the end it was just shit happens oh stuff happens
0: it's That's of those. Right. you can beep it out <laughs> All right. Do you have uh, favorite choreographers or favorite dances in this field? There's loads. I, I couldn't put it on any one dance. I mean, well, uh, to follow up with that, what uh, what do they have in common? Like, what makes something your personal favorite? I guess it's got a flow. Anything that has breaks. And
1: with me and dancing was, I would always take somebody's dance and make it my own. So everybody's traveling the same way. I would travel the same way, but I would always just tweak it out and just make it my own dance. So. It's the music, the choreography that the choreographer, uh, choreographer intended and then I put my spin on it. So it's just anything that has a, a, a good beat, um, a couple of things in the background like a cymbal or a hi-hat or a break or a sax or drums or a snare or hi-hat or something that I can hit, piano and then I just make it my own. So any, any kind of song or dance
0: like that, I can just, I can hit. For first-time choreographers out there who might not know what uh, flow would describe exactly, how how would you facilitate flow in a dance?
1: Flow in a dance is you just want to make sure that nothing is awkward, uh, nothing. Everything feels comfortable. If you're if you're starting the dance on your left foot or with weight on your left foot, and you're tr- starting off with your right, you want to make sure when you finish the dance you finish with your dance with the weight on the left foot, and you're ready to step off on the right. And you just want to make sure that everything flows. For me, I try to tell people who want to get into choreography. Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, To make sure that they hit all four walls, just remember you're dancing to the audience. So hit all four walls, and sometimes think about hitting diagonals so that your dance travels diagonal, or else it just goes to four walls and that's it. So make it a little more entertaining. Do things that sort of do a circular motion in your dance, or diagonal, or oval, and just make it different. And the other thing I tell people to do, which they don't do enough of, is. Make it contra, make it a team or, or a contra kind of dance where you can face your partner or swap partners and high five the partners around you, the people around you, and just make it a fun dance. A lot of the choreographers these day, man, they're just making it way too technical and, and it's watch me, 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 me. And for me, just make it fun. Make, make it something that flows, tra- travels a little bit, but it's not too hard, it's easy, anybody can do it. You have to look at the age, grapes. Uh, age range of the people that are here. You know, we're not a bunch of youngsters, so you have to think about that and consider that. For people who aren't here right now, what would you say is the age range? Um, I would say it's 40 to 50. Uh, it could be a little bit higher than that. It could be a little bit higher, but it's cool, man. Everybody's so lovely. Everybody's smiling, having a good time. The atmosphere is just electric. This venue really works. I like how they did this. Um, the dance lobby here is just very, very cool. And then every other dance room is massive, absolutely massive. And then everything you need is under this roof. You don't even have to leave the hotel. So, and then everybody's talking, look at everybody. Everybody's you know, chit-chatting away, watching everybody dance. You've got some amazing
0: vendors. You got really good shoes. You got really good boots. You got everything you need here. It's cool. Would you say that any of the choreographers who are here have influenced your style? And if there are any who are not here, uh, who would they be, and how have they influenced you? Um, there's a few. I mean, there's Miss Joe Thompson.
1: She's the queen of line dance. She's she's influenced me big time. She helped me get started. You know, if I have, if I'm blunt and honest, Joe gave me my break in Europe. Um, she liked one of my dances, my first dance I ever choreographed, which was Kicking and Rock, and uh, she liked it and she tweaked it a little bit. Uh, made me change something in it uh, because it wasn't 32 counts it was 34 and a half or something stupid (laughs) I don't know it was something that was just wasn't right so she said okay cut this out and then that's the dance I was like okay um and uh obviously there's there's Scott Levins uh he 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 really inspired me um Rob Fowler legend 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 that is Rob Fowler Rachel McEnany, as well, because she always choreographed some really, really cool stuff. And working with her and Paul McAdam, wow, they really uh, enlightened me to choreography as well. And then there's, uh, you know, old school Jim Ferrazano, Max Perry with Swamp Thing, and there's loads of old school. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. Michael and Michelle, Michael and Michelle, and uh, there's other choreographers that have
0: inspired me. All right. Oh boy. All right. Are there any dances that you don't do? And if so, why? Why do you not do those dances? I
1: wouldn't say there's any dance that I don't do or wouldn't do. Um, I like all music, so I would do it. Um, No, there's nothing I wouldn't do. Really? No, there's
0: nothing I wouldn't do. I would try it. If I like it, I'll do it. All right. Well, that's an easy answer to that question. Um, what dances have you seen that should have become more popular than they did? Really should have taken off. You thought they were great and they just never got picked up. I couldn't put a name on any of them because I think
1: there's a lot. And I think there's a lot because there's so many choreographers out there right now. And unfortunately, the Internet has really, really hurt line dancing. Really? Uh, yeah. From from having started before the net, I really kicked off, you know, just getting started. When I first started traveling teaching, I could teach the same dance around the world for six months. Easy, no problem. Now you can't do that. The minute you teach at Dance Explosion, somebody has videotaped it, somebody has put it up online, and when I go to Finland next week, everybody already knows the dance and they're upset that I brought that dance. Upset. Even the event director that's brought you out is like, well, we already know that, we learned that online. So the internet has made it so that line dancing is super, super saturated. These instructors, choreographers, feel like they have to do choreographed dances every other day. Every week they gotta choreograph a dance because I'm going to Finland next week, I'm going to England next week, I'm going to Malaysia next week, I've gotta have a new dance, I've gotta have a new dance. No, they already know the, the internet, the internet, they've already... So,
0: it's tough, it's very tough. Do you think the role of the choreographer will have to change into the future? Do you think their responsibilities will have to diversify at all? And if so, what what new things should they pick up to ensure that they stay relevant? Man, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I think think people have to understand that
1: line dancing... I think it hurts line dancing that there's so much choreography going down and so many people are choreographing to the same track. I think it would be nice if there was uh, a line dance... Association or a line dance board, and professionals would have to pay to be a part of the board, the body, the 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 body of the board, or something like that, or the membership to be a part of the board. And the board actually discusses dances and songs that are coming out. And so and so puts their name down on this. I want to choreograph to this song. Well, actually, let's look at your track record. Let's look at your dances well your dances aren't doing and you're doing the same steps in your dances because who is going to tell the choreographer that's here that they're doing the same steps in a lot of their dances who's going to do that um so i I don't know if that's the right way to do it but there's got to be something that sets it sets the bar higher for the choreographer because no disrespect to anybody who thinks they're a choreographer but really uh there's got to there's got to be a limit or a way for people to have to become choreographers. You have to take uh, a class, go to university, do something. You have to do something. Some of the people who've been doing it, like myself, I don't want to say I should be grandfather clause then, but I have been in the game for over 20 years, and I and I did have some big dances. Yeah, I've been out of the game for a long time, but maybe I should have to sign up again to do choreography again.
0: Like uh, when you're. you know, uh... Later in years, and you have to retake your driver's test because you, know. you see what I'm saying. I think there should be some kind of
1: board or association or something like that. Because man, everybody and their mother's a, a choreographer, you know. You, you go on Line Dancer Magazine's Dances or Copper Knob or any of these other ones, and you type in one song, and 50 dances come up. And it's like, wow, seriously? Well, then, should they be zoned in countries and, and counties and state sections, you know? I, I, Okay, if you're a little instructor and you want to teach your class and you're not going to travel and you're not going to put it out there, okay, maybe that's all right. I I don't know. I I don't want to be the one that says that I think it should be that way because I have been out of it for a while, but it needs something. It needs something, some kind of structure because when you look at it, and there's 10 dances going on at one time, you know, it's... And some of them are just like, wow, really, you guys really enjoy that? That one's so much nicer, it flows, it's got good breaks, it hits. You can feel it, it hits that piece of music amazingly, but you wanna do that.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not judging, you know, to each his own. I- I'm human and people have different tastes. There are Ferrari people and there are Ford people. There are people without
0: rhythm and timing, you know, and some people just like to do those dances. I've seen that in some places, I sometimes, uh... It, it makes me, I guess, a little frustrated where they they are taught dances that they can really only ever do there because the instructor never made it available to the rest of the world. So it kind of hamstrings the people who learn it. They can't go anywhere else and feel like, oh, awesome, I know this That's dance. right. A lot They're of honky-tonks honky are alone. like that. A lot of
1: honky-tonks are like that. A lot of little country bars are like that because they got a little country bar instructor and they just think very self-centered, me, 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 me. I don't wanna, and when you people come to the bar, I, w- I don't want them to take the floor. Which it should be the other way of thinking of teach dances that are international. That when people from Finland come to La- Las Vegas and they go to the local honky tonk, Gillies, they can do any dance. Tush push, chill factor. You know, dances that are being danced everywhere. So, but unfortunately, people are
0: selfish and people are very self-centered. and It's all about me, 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 me. You know, and I think it should be the other way around. One of the, uh, contrastingly, one of the upsides I've seen to that is the is the sense of sort of a regional coming together of like aha this is our southern california dance and as long as it's done in in good spirits like i've seen a lot of southern california folks come up to northern california and we were like for country girls shake it for me i have no idea how many versions of that dance there are uh by different choreographers but we were all able to take our chunk of floor and it was just kind of a nice like oh hey it's people like me and then other folks were on the other side saying oh it's people like me it would be nice if we could all say we're all people like me that's right that's right how how do you think that could be fixed do you think
1: I don't know it would take years it would take years and um, I don't even know the right way to do it I think you'd have to put together a board of top international choreographers so I would say and let me tell you you'd have to have a board and you would have to have a chairman that controls the board because you're gonna have to put so many egos in a room, right? (laughs) So can you imagine putting Joe Thompson, Max Perry, Scott Levins, Roy Verdonk, um, Guyton? Guyton, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely Guyton. And put them all in a room, and I would have to also put in a couple Australian choreographers, like Simon Simon Ward. Exactly, and Singapore, and, and for a couple other choreographers from around the world and put together an international board of choreographers to discuss the future of line dancing and how it can be saved, changed, fixed, and the word that I love to use that's not right, more better, you know, make it better, uh, just to see what they came up with. How can we save it? How can we make it more uh, versatile, but also more unified? Because it would be nice to sort of make it more of a, a tight niche family. But unfortunately with egos and jealousy, people would get hurt. People's feelings would get hurt because there's choreographers out there who really just shouldn't be choreographing. They really shouldn't be doing choreography. And how do you say that to somebody, you know? What it's, is it they're doing wrong? Uh, the dances don't flow. They, 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 they're not grounded when they dance. So they're 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 flopping around like fish when they're dancing. They don't have any kind of regiment. There's no technique there, no style, and and they are choreographing dances all the time. And it's like, well, really, you need to take some lessons. Take some lessons in cha-cha. Learn how to cha-cha properly. Take some lessons in waltz. Learn about waltz. You know, compress on and uh, drive on one. Stretch your eyes on two. And it's like me. I haven't been dancing properly in years, and. I want to get back into it, but I'm in DOS mode. I am in DOS mode. I'm not in any kind of Windows mode. I am very, very old school. I need major lessons. I need major lessons. I know I do. And I'm in the show tonight, and I'm not happy, I don't want to say I'm not happy, but I'm not confident about being in the show because I haven't put it on the floor in years. But I'm humbled that they asked me, and I'm very excited to be a part of the show. But I was a guy in rehearsals that was like, let's just do it again, let's just do it again, let's just do it again. do it again, do it again, do it again. I need to do it 10 times,
0: rather than sit there and talk about what we're doing. I need to physically do it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Are there any guides that people can go to that exist currently for how to be better instructors and better choreographers? YouTube, Google. Uh, take private lessons, you but know. Which, which sources would they go to that they could trust, um, and not well, just you other would go instructors instructors like from... Salomein,
1: You'd go to the likes of like Raymond Salamani. You'd go to Guyton Monday. You'd go to a couple different. Never just trust or believe what one choreographer tells you, one instructor tells you. You have to go to a couple pros. And, and what I did when I started dancing is, I would take I would take cha cha. Back in the day, I did it a, a different way. I took cha cha from one cha cha instructor. Uh, A.T. Kenson, who's since passed away. I took my waltz lessons from Bob Bars because he was amazing, and still is to this day amazing waltz. But now, I would say, I would do things differently, and I am going to do things differently. Take cha-cha from a couple different instructors. Take waltz from a couple different instructors. And then take a little bit of what each one is telling them, and then make it your own. Because they're they're not going to tell you the same exact way to do your drive, your compress, and your rise. They're all going to explain it to you a little bit differently. So then you take that personal interpretation and you make it yours. So I would say, take lessons, watch a lot of YouTube on dance, and type in dance technique and cha-cha technique and waltz technique. Watch a a professional world champion jive, dancer do a jive. Man, wow, footwork's on fire. Technique's amazing. Footwork is so close, so precise. Uh, First position, third position, open fifth, open third, wow. Figure out what they're really doing. So take lessons, invest in your dancing, private lessons, watch videos, um,
0: and educate yourself. And that—that that is the beautiful thing about the Internet. It sounds like something almost like a, a college class or a textbook, maybe created by this board you mentioned, uh, would help with that. Kind of a one-stop shop of all the different perspectives collected in one place. Yeah. That way, when people are self-educating, they're not just... You know, watching the video of the guy down the street and they think oh well I, I know more now yeah. and yeah. maybe that guy wasn't as informed as he could have been yeah
1: it good It's a good idea
0: well uh, there are a couple of questions that you actually kind of covered already uh, what problems in line dance do we still need to solve and what can we do to solve them and then if, you, if you'd if you like to elaborate on that I can jump to the other right after uh, what kind of problems are there I guess it's
1: uh, uh, dance floor etiquette people just need to know dance floor etiquette because there's there's Circular dances, you know. There's two-step, there. Uh, center dances, so West Coast swing and cha-cha and salsa and that kind of stuff. And so I think it's it's dance floor etiquette, um, choreography etiquette.
0: There's choreography etiquette. Well, there should be. What know? kind would that entail?
1: Okay, well that would basically entail. So I'm a choreographer. I just heard this dance, or I just heard this song. I think it's amazing. I want to choreograph to it. So I think you should get on your Facebook or on a page, like a Line Dance International page. And as soon as you heard the song and you wanna choreograph to it and you're gonna choreograph to it or you are choreographing to it, you should put on there, I found this track, I've I've started choreographing a 32 count line dance to it. It's mine, keep your hands off. And then you have to release that dance within 24 hours
0: of posting it. And I think it should be something like that, maybe have you ever seen uh, line dance plagiarism like has, has anybody lifted stuff from other people's yeah yeah, yeah you'll see it you'll see it you'll see somebody who's a dance
1: that didn't take off to a certain track and then somebody choreographs another dance to it and uses a couple of the steps it happens and they'll say oh no I never saw that dance I never heard of that dance but yeah yeah you did obviously you put the steps there so but I, I'm not that much into the into the game and I really don't care I do what I do. You do what you do. It is what it is. If people like my dance, great. If they don't like my dance, I'm okay with that. It's like s- asking a, a question and somebody saying no. I'd rather ask the question to hear a no than to never have asked a question and not know that
0: I had a chance that somebody liked it or they were going to say yes. One of the things you mentioned earlier was uh, looking at the future of line Dance. What do you either predict or hope for the future of line Dance? I would hope that
1: more of these choreographers would choreograph beginner dances. Uh, because from the past and seeing the progression of line dance, especially in the UK, the UK was massive, massive, oh my god, it was just ginormous. And a lot of the choreographers were focusing on the advanced intermediate dancer. So they weren't choreographing beginner stuff, they weren't teaching beginner stuff. so their massive intermediate class, advanced class started dwindling on numbers. And then they literally got to close the class because there's there's nobody left. Because they weren't bringing in the beginners. So I would hope that uh, a lot of the choreographers would do more beginner choreography and think about bringing more fresh people into the industry uh, so that then they can progress to becoming that intermediate dancer then. And that way, there's longevity in our industry you know, and I would also like to. And I'm thinking about, and, and uh, me and Rob Fowler have been talking about doing something with, with uh, schools and kids, mm-hmm. and getting more schools involved with a kids program, like a, a new school, which is new, and school but spelled s cool, mm-hmm. so it's cool, mm-hmm. and you and you're doing easy fun dances to, non-country music, to get them involved, to get them interested, and then you you throw in the country, and then they sort of get into the country as well. So I would say more beginner stuff get more young people involved. It's perfect for kids because they don't have to touch each other, and be all awkward
0: and boys and
1: girls you don't need Oh, you know. Partner exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And it teaches them timing, yep, and rhythm and that kind of stuff.
0: Body confidence. Yeah, yeah. Which I my personally did not discover, you know, my hips and all that until until pretty much when I started line dancing. I think it was about 23 or 24 by then. I, I mean I was doing like Uh, self-defense and things like that, but it's such a different way of moving your body. It is. To to move smoothly versus to move solidly and stiffly. Yeah, yeah,
1: because you start learning pendulum motion and Mm. Cuban motion and,
0: yeah, yeah, big difference. Big, big difference. For kids to learn that, They'll, yeah, yeah, they'll be able age. to take that into you know whatever other interactions they have Absolutely with right. in their body. Absolutely. Where do you see unexplored potential in line dance? In the things that specifically line dance can do. Unexplored potential would be changing the name of it. Oh yes. I agree. Because
1: unfortunately, once you say line dancing, everybody instantly goes yee slap leather, la 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 la. So if we could change the name of it. And people have tried, and there's new line, and there's this, and there's that, and... I don't know, it it would be nice for the BBC or somebody to do a, a line dance documentary. And we're gonna film for six months or eight months, and you know what, a year. We're gonna film this documentary for a year, and we're gonna have multiple camera crews around the world filming events on the same weekend. So, you're gonna have a crew that just follows Guyton Monday. Every event he goes to, every little workshop, every class that he does on a Saturday, on a week, on a Wednesday night, back in his local. Rachel McEnany, you're going to have a, a camera that just follows her, and then you're going to have the other cameras that just go to the, the big events as well, where they might not be at. Yeah. You've got your other instructors that are there, that are local or local to the country. You know, there should be a camera crew here. Oh there should yeah, be a couple camera crews here that are following the big the big guys. Maybe and some people conducting interviews. There should be multiple cameras ah. <laughs> around the room, and the lobbies, and the hallways, and that are catching everybody, and even the, the hospitality suite should have a couple cameras. Because then you get the pros talking about the industry, and talking about stuff, and oh, talking yeah. about... The real stuff. Though. The real stuff. Yeah. And then you film that for a year, and then you show people what line, line dancing is really all about. You follow a couple competitors that are world champion competitors, that are taking lessons, that are taking this, that are training that are spending thousands of pounds or, or, or dollars on costumes and private lessons in cha-cha and waltz and, and and just show the other side of it. And then, yes, you do have the yeehaw and you show that in there. That's the beginning of the, the documentary is the line dancing. And you show people that... This is what you think it is, and you show the Brazilians line dancing with the, with the shit-kicking, and the shit-kicking Italians, and the shit-kicking uh, Barcelonians, the Spaniards, that are proper, just it's all about the kicks, and the, and the bouncing awkwardly, and the, the yee-haw, uh, eight-second-ride kind of line dancing, and then this is what you think it is, bomb, bomb, Brazil, this, that, the other, and then this is what it really is, Rachel McEnany dancing. Guyton Mundy dancing, Fred Whitehouse, which is amazing, um, and some of the, the, the really cool, smooth Roy Hadesi Broto line dancing, Roy Verdon, Raymond Salomine doing his Latin, wow, and then you show people what it's really odd about, and then I think if you made that uh, a, a public thing where it's shown on 60 Minutes and you know some other BBC News and la la la, really, really, really get it out there. where Everybody around the world has to see it and it's repeated over and over and it's played at airports and you know just show people what it's really all. Spend millions of pounds on advertising what it's all about, but have events ready to start up right after that. And those events that you're filming at ready to take the influx of people coming in. Beginners classes starting that at the end of the program there's a beginner class here's the website go check it out and then you have beginner classes in all these countries that are starting. And then a couple of months later more will start because more people are getting into it because it's not that yee thing but those people that like that yee thing it was in the beginning of the show it's there if you want it but this is what it's really all about
0: um, I think that would go down awesome and when people discover uh, the the potential for themselves and finding their own place in it they might want to become instructors and that's where that guide would come in handy where they can find out how to be a good instructor that's a good choreographer right. yeah. and then they can take on the beginners and then the people who've been doing it a while their intermediate classes will start to fill up yeah. again Yeah.
1: and like the, like this this hotel for instance this hotel the way everything's laid out is just massive there's more breakout rooms there's more rooms here so they should have which I've been to other events that have the, the DJ the DJ um Instructional room The choreography room Where choreographers are in there Here's a piece of music We're going to choreograph this to this today Now, let's break into teams You guys choreograph. Now we're going to play it over Every two minutes We're going to play the song over So that's where you get to redo it That's where you get to put the steps down And then at the end of the, the 45 minutes We're all going to put show our dances That we've choreographed And then, on the final 20 minutes We're going to explain what's good And what's bad uh, about that You're
0: so fabulous I love watching you. You're just so cute. Greatest dancer, seen. Thank you. All right, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> very kind people. That is awesome, dude. People. I agree. Your energy is amazing. Thank you. Um, that uh, that style of workshop, I find would also be helpful for. I mean, I must admit, I I am kind of in that camp of I could probably learn some of these dances on YouTube and. If there are other things that are happening at this event that I couldn't do with YouTube, then I should do those instead. Something like that, that's so hands-on. You have to be there to experience it and get the most out of it. It's like uh, when you're doing a biology or a chemistry lab, you can read and read and read, but until you're there with the chemicals, you don't really know. That's right, that's right. It's all about putting it in motion, doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. And the, the idea of having narrative, I find, is something that is missing from line dance that could do a lot of outreach because I think of things like Glee. Who who cared really about Glee clubs until Glee came along to show them there is story, there's narrative, there are people who care about things in different ways and they all have their different objectives. Mm Diehards And the people here, all the people who've been doing this for 20 years, it's not just been some casual thing. Like, they had to care about it enough to keep going. And people at the clubs, well, they'll learn the dance they have no idea who choreographed it. They don't know what they went through to make that product come out of their soul. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. if they saw that, then they would get this deeper uh, investment and, and understanding of it.
1: It's like a cult. Line dancing is a cult. It's been going on for years. People don't know we exist, but we take over hotels, and thousands of us, thousands of us travel from around the world to go to that event, and uh, it's a big family. There's people here that I haven't seen in 15 years. There's people here that, oh my god, Pedro, I haven't seen you in 20 years. Like, wow, you know. I haven't seen Max Perry in at least 12 years. At least, at least. And it's so nice to catch up. It's so nice to catch up. And, it, and I'm glad this event started on a Wednesday because it's
0: given me more time to catch up with everybody. And it is a family reunion. You mentioned about the kicking. That takes us into the dark side of line dance a little bit. Uh, what are some uh, ideas, possibly misconceptions, that people have formed about you because of line dance?
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's the gay thing.
0: Yeah. Always, always, always.
1: My sister for years because I was a line dancer. And then once I really got into competing and wearing the Latin body shirts and and really manicuring myself and being tan and being fit and having the six-pack and waking up at two in the morning to have a piece of fruit to keep the metabolism going and (laughs) spending an hour and a half on the treadmill every day and, and really, really being so freaky about my weight and how I look. My, and she's coming from LA today to, to see me. she's here for a concert. And she always used to say, "You know, Pedro, you know, we know you're gay. It's okay. You can come out." Wow. And I'm like, "Have you seen the, the girls I've dated? You know, seriously, I, I I'm furthest from gay. Uh, if anything, maybe I am lesbian. But that's about as gay <laughs> as I get. So it, it is one of those that uh, the first thing people think automatically is that."
0: Mike. Uh, Please come back and, Okay. So that's just one of the the main things people would always assume. All right. And uh, what challenges, and you can take each of these individually if you like, uh, what challenges, conflicts, and criticisms have you encountered in relation with line dance? Challenges.
1: Um, I guess it's just challenge of of staying fit, staying on on the game, staying on the ball. Um, Conflicts is, yeah choreographers having issues, uh, people having issues with me, uh, crazy conflicts, like uh, I'm in a hotel room with with some girls that I've known for years at an event, and um, I'm not going to say a state actually now thinking about that, so we're at this event, we're hanging out in a hotel room, we're partying, we're drinking, somebody knocks on the door, and uh, the girl's are like, oh no, it's that guy from last night, he's such a pain in the ass, and and I was like, what, you, what, what's the deal? Oh, he's just, he's really weird and we don't want him to come in. I was like, all right, well, do you want me to get rid of him? Yeah, yeah, get rid of him, okay. So I take off my shirt, because I was fit then. And then I said, you girls just stay here and don't come around the corner, just oh, stay in the so room. They, they weren't talking about you, There's a different guy? A different okay, guy, yeah, that another that guy that was knocking on the door. Right. So I was like, okay, so I basically just open the door and I stand there with no top on and nipple rings in line. I was like, look, the girls are busy, you know. They're busy. And I just shut the door. <laughs> um, and the guy was so pissed off that he was a, he was um, a bounty hunter. Oh, my goodness. So he decided to call up my name to see if I was wanted for anything because he was going to lock me up in my workshop the following day. He was going to see if I was wanted for anything, if I had anything outstanding, any warrants, and that he would wait for me to start my class and then lock me up during my class. That's intense. So, that is intense. It's ridiculous, (laughs) man. I was was laughing when I heard it, you know, the next day. Like, oh my God, he was going to bada, bada, bada. But yeah, there's conflicts. But man, I'm a very, very laid back person. It takes a lot to get me worked up. Uh, Life is very simple. You're not taking it with you when you go. Enjoy it while you're here. So, it takes a lot to make me sweat or get me pissed off. I just try not to sweat it. Life is simple. You're
0: not taking it with you when you go. Enjoy it while you're here. Be a good person. And could would come back to you tenfold. Well, that kind of answers the next question, which is, uh, is there anything that you fear the most in regard to line dance? Because I know that people go through different phases in their line dance journey, and some of the ones that they might, might uh, include would be, uh, uh, do you fear personal failure, humiliation, ostracism, uh, becoming disabled and not being able to do it, the end of the line dance scene? What, what uh, do you fear the most in regard to line dance? Um... I'm very, very religious.
1: Uh, I'm I'm Christian, and for me, it's it's yeah, Satan and the way Satan works, and how nobody believes in Satan. Um, And a lot of the music is very, very vulgar and very, very sexual. And um, uh, I guess it's just something like I I don't even know how to answer that question, to be honest. Um, uh, There's not very much that I am scared of in the industry: people's, instructors, uh, event directors. I'm not scared of anybody. Um, I'm not scared of a gun. I'm not scared of being shot. I'm not. Uh, I, I guess for me, it's just I've got this thing with Satan and how he works and how he, he whispers in people's ear and gets people, you know, on alcohol, and alcohol leads to drugs and drugs leads to something else. And uh, yeah, that's the only thing I'm scared of in this industry is people getting laid astray. Uh, People coming and partying a little bit too much, and one thing leads to another, and then they're sleeping around because they've been drinking, and da 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 -da, And that's the only thing that scares me in the industry, is that people are maybe abusing alcohol a little bit too much, and then that leads to something else, and they then get a rep, you know. And then they got a bad rep in the industry for fighting, for this, for that. And, you know, I wasn't always an angel in the industry. I was the bad boy, the reformed bad boy now. Uh, I, I, I had a good time I had a good ride but I never told people what they wanted to hear and get girls into bed and then sleep with another girl the next night maybe I did but I never did it sneakily or selfishly and say what they wanted to hear I was always very much the, the straight up what you see is what you get let's enjoy each other's company no strings attached um, so yeah I don't know all right.
0: you can delete that if you want oh well, that's all right uh, what sorts of people do you think would benefit the most from line dancing and the unique things that uh, line dancing has to offer?
1: I would say uh, kids because it teaches you timing and rhythm and responsibilities uh, especially if, you're, if you if get them into competing because they have to know the dance they have to practice the dance they have to have the, the outfit made, they have to practice if they want to win and the other thing is, is older people because it really does help slow down Alzheimer's because it's muscle memory you're thinking about what you have to do you're dancing, it's timing, it's rhythm so I think it, it honestly is Line dancing is for 8 to 80 crippled, blind, and crazy people. You know, it, it, it really is because if you're crippled and you have issues, it's going to help you with muscle range and muscle motion and and rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're uh, you know, 50, 60 plus, it's going to help you with slowing down Alzheimer's because of muscle memory and you're using your brain more. If
0: you're younger, then it's good because it's teaching you timing and rhythm and responsibilities. So I think it's good for everybody. And what can we do uh, as members of the Lion Dance community to help to strengthen that scene of, of people and improve it? Um, I think we need to smile
1: more and talk to people more at the events. We need to try and get more friends involved. I know oh, it's Lion Dancing, yeehaw, yeah, but just come on out. Just come out to a couple classes. Mm-hmm. And you can't just bring them to one. you got to bring them a couple times, so then they start getting hooked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I think it's maybe trying to do a little more volunteer work and going to schools, teaching some schools, teaching some kids' classes, get starting maybe a a little kids class for troubled kids. I think there's a lot that we can do that people aren't doing um, to sort of help. I mean, for myself, I, I just, um, Baltimore Batman died in August and I decided to become Captain America for kids. So because I have a custom built chopper from the Men and Motors and, and uh, Discovery Channel in the UK that won British Biker Build-Off in 2006, I decided to become Captain America. So I visit kids in hospitals on my chopper with my shield wearing the captain america suit and i take toys and i i just try to make them smile for five minutes you know out of their day in the hospital that's warm that's hot and they're hooked up to ivs and and then that's to, spun in and uh, spun off to me getting the the full iron man suit you know which cost me over three thousand dollars and so because i'm a line dancer i'm a dancing iron man i'm a dancing captain america so when I go, I do a little dancing for the kids and I get them to do a little dancing and I get them up and I get them get them moving, get them moving their little muscles and doing a little bit of something a- easy, 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 nothing complicated. So I think there's a lot the dance community could do if we just sort of gave back, you know? Stop thinking about ourselves, stop being so selfish and just sort of help each other out. So I think there's a lot we could do, but we just don't because we're just so self-centered and living in the rat race. Work, 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 pay our bills, pay our bills, have a job you don't like live in a house that you don't want to be in, have kids that you don't want to have to work at a shit job to repeat. Teach your kids the same thing. You gotta have an education to get a job, to have a house, to have bills, to pay this, to... I just think the world would be a much nicer place if we didn't believe in paper money and the 1% that rule us and tell us what to do. And, you know, if we all grew, if we all discussed on who's gonna grow what, like Switzerland, there's some towns in Switzerland where everybody discusses every year who's gonna grow what, all right? You're gonna have the sheep, you're gonna have the cows, you're gonna grow the carrots. You're going to have the potatoes, and as everything comes to fruition, everybody shares that. Nobody pays for anything. So, I think the world and the planet is an amazing place, but the 1% are just killing it, draining it of its oil, and unfortunately, we're here living the rat race, and this is our escape of reality. We go line dancing.
0: What is it that helped you believe that you could go after something that you really wanted, even in business, with the dance floor niche? Like, what, what uh, kept you out of the cubicles? Or whatever else that it might be for you. That yeah. uh,
1: for me, it's it's I've I've dealt with a lot of loss in my life. So my best friend Chuck, uh, my best friend Chucky, got caught in a tree shredder. He went all the way through. Wow. My buddy JB was beat to death in a college hazing. Uh, my father was colon cancer, intestinal cancer, leukemia. I lost a lot of friends and family in my life. So I've dealt with a lot of loss from a very very young age. So for me, life is very simple. You're not taking it with you when you go. Enjoy it while you're here. So for me. I do not live the rat race. I, I, I do a little bit, but I am not in that nine to five, work for somebody who treats me like crap. I try to pay my guys well. I try to take care of the people who help me. I try to give back to the community. I, I always try to open the door, say, God bless you, let people in front of me. I use my indicator. I let people know where I'm going. I stop and let people in front of me. I, I open the doors for people. I pull chairs out. I open do- I do what I can sort of be a nice guy and give back and I think if all of us did a little bit of something something and it'd be a much nicer planet but unfortunately we're all wrapped into our own little thing you know America wants to take guns off of everybody I think if everybody had a permit to conceal carry a gun if somebody decides to go wacko there's gonna be enough of us to take care of that person to take them out uh, if there were no guns and there never were guns we wouldn't have this problem but unfortunately there were guns and now we have our Second Amendment right and I am a God-fearing gun owner and I don't care that they're not allowed to have a gun in the UK. I have a gun in the UK, and I will be ready when, the, when it hits the fan. I'm going to be there to protect uh, my family and, and myself.
0: If the queen asks, I'll lie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, if, they, <laughs> if they search my house, yeah, it is what it is. You know, uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, but I think, especially living in America, I was at the, the back uh, clubhouse the other night, Bikers Against Child Abuse. And I met some really burly, hairy, nasty bikers. But they weren't nasty. They were the nicest guys you could ever meet. But don't piss them off. Don't piss them off because you will be—you go down. You will go down. And there were a couple guys in there carrying guns and had Glocks strapped to their hip and onto their leg and knives strapped onto their... And you know what? I would feel a lot better being in a bank with a couple guys like that when somebody kicks the door in and says, freeze, so everybody give us your money. Because I know it's going down. It's going down, and these guys are going to stop it in action, right before it gets any... Before one civilian gets shot, these guys are going, to be, are going to be pulling for it, and they're going to be trying to stop this before it gets any uglier. And unfortunately, in the UK, it's no guns and no this and no that. And what, what America doesn't understand is if you take... And you have to look from other countries that have had problems, like Australia has, has had guns. They took the guns away from the God-fearing permit holders, and now only the convicts have guns. And look what gun crime is in Australia. Look in Chicago. They've got the strictest gun crime, or, or gun enforcement laws, but they also have the highest gun deaths. So that says something, you know what I mean? If guns are legal and everybody's got one and everybody can carry one, it'll stop shit from hitting the fan if everybody can. If school te- and there's a lot of really good guns, uh, gun systems now where you can have a gun in your desk and you have to put your thumb recognition on it for it to release your gun. So if somebody kicks in the door in the school, in the classroom that teacher just has to open the drawer and grab that gun as soon as their finger hits the, f- the number reg- uh, fingertip recognition system it releases that gun so that teacher can defend the classroom uh, maybe I'm a gun nut but
0: yeah you're just you I am I'm redneck so circling back a little bit to uh, the, the transformation that you seem to have made from the bad boy to dancing Iron Man and Captain America which I'm sure the kids never expected they would have seen before in their lives um I'm guessing line Dance has had some influence on shaping your character. I'm wondering, what has it given you that you want others to experience as well? Um, honor, respect,
1: humility, and pride. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be dancing with all these people on the floor. I take pride in my dancing and doing my dances right and doing some variations. Uh, respect and respecting the dance floor, respecting my dance space, respecting the people around me. Um... And yeah, I think that's it. I, I'm an interesting character on the circuit. You either, there's two kinds of people. You you either love Pedro or you hate Pedro. Uh, there's no in between. There's no, you, you either love me or you hate me. Uh, it is what it is. And I prefer you like me. I prefer you love me. Uh, I'll do anything I can. I'll bend over backwards for you. I'll give you my shirt. I'll give you my apartments in Portugal. I'll give you whatever I can, you know, to give back. Uh, uh, when I I first started winning a couple world championships and teaching, maybe I was a little cocky. Maybe it went to my head. But I'm not that same guy anymore. I'm not. I'm not. So, I would like to for people to share those words. You know, honor and respect each other. Take pride in what you do and what you look like and what you wear. uh, uh, Respect others around you and yourself. um, And be humble. Eat humble pie. Don't be a cocky, arrogant prick.
0: You know what I mean? You're a good dancer? Great. That's a good dancer. But be a humble, good dancer. Do you see the reminders of uh, line dance, or like the elements of line dance in, in daily life, like in the grocery aisle or the parking lot? Uh, do, do you ever do you ever see things that make you think of line dance? I guess, yeah, I'm sure there's some things. Um,
1: the, there's, there are people in, in stores that you can see that are sort of, you know, they're sort of toe tapping to the music. That'll, that'll make me think. And then there's different outfits and shops and clothes and hats or, or whatever that infringe and, and bolo ties and that'll make me think of line dancing and, and music. Any kind of music instantly makes me think of line dancing. I hear a track, I don't care what it is, classical and I'm thinking, oh, that'd be a good, that'd be good line dance. That'd be different. Uh,
0: You know A Britney Spears song Instantly Oh that's a good track That'd be a good line dance I want to see Classical Gas By Mason Williams With a line dance That would be amazing man that sounds Maybe we should choreograph it Maybe we should choreograph it Maybe (laughs) Maybe you should play it for me So I can hear it Uh, We'll choreograph it this weekend Put it on the list Yeah man It's cool Let's see What was Oh yes What do you think That we should be discussing More about line dance Within the community Or with others Outside of the community And where can we Most effectively Do so I think we should be
1: discussing breaking the, the the vision of line dancing where everybody thinks it's, and I know I'm sat here wearing cowboy hat and boots. Uh, As am I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, seriously, man. If we could break that yee stereotype, and it's hard for me to say that because I am wearing the the gear, but if we could just show people what it's all about, if everybody could just do more about videotaping and getting it out to the press and showing them the good stuff and showing them the the more social side and the more advanced side and the beginner side of how people are starting and getting involved and and if we could show them the more softer side of line dancing, the the friends, the family. You know, you've got a table right here of people from the Netherlands and Singapore and then you've got a a couple Americans at that table and then you've got a lady who's who's from Korea and a guy who's from Ohio and you know, just show how many different countries are sat here, sat at tables talking to each other and how regardless of our religions, and regardless of what our beliefs are, and and beliefs in guns, and beliefs in anything, that once once that song starts playing, everybody just gets up and starts dancing. Mm -hmm. They don't care what you're wearing. They don't care who you believe in, God, Allah, or Buddha. They don't care what, you know. Man, they just don't care. Just don't get in my dance space, and that's it. And that's what line dancing is all about. It's a big family. Instant connection. Yeah, I I don't see
0: that in other places.
1: (laughs) I like the way you explained it earlier, you know, about the flock and everything's just sort of moving. A little bit different,
0: a little bit different timing, but everything's just sort of... I like that. That was a really good way of explaining it. Is there anything that you would request for the people who are listening to this right now?
1: Um... Without being really twisted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a couple things I would request. Uh try line dancing. Go out to a club. Go out to your local club. Try it out. Uh, jump in there. Just get in there. Take the classes. Go a couple weeks. Don't just do it in one night and say that. it. oh, I don't like it because I can't pick it up. Do it for a month. Go to a Wednesday night class every Wednesday night for a month. Go on the Friday night or Saturday night to try and pick up some of the social dances and do the dances that you learned on the Wednesday night. Try it for a month. Check it out. And then go to an event. Go to to an event. See what it's all about. And try and find those instructors that choreograph those dances that you learn. Get to meet them. See what makes them tick. Have a conversation with them. And then I guess the other final thing would be uh, maybe just find Jesus Christ and repent. And that's
0: it. Those people that can hear my voice. That's it. And is there a way that people could contact you if they want? to? Yeah, there's a couple
1: different ways. Uh, I would like everybody to go to uh, Superheroes, the number four kids on Facebook or superheroesforkids.org online or sh4k.org very easy to remember sh4k.org and there's pro dance floors and pro dance footwear and yeah there's loads uh... pedro machado on facebook you can't be my friend because i've reached my limit of five thousand friends since two thousand eleven but you can follow me um, and uh... yeah try to do something for somebody else try to think about helping other people and just be good to, your, uh, to each other and Use your indicator. Seriously, let people know where you're going.
0: And final question, what dance should everyone learn right now?
1: I'm going to be selfish. No, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to say learn the touch push. Tush push? Yeah, man, because you know what? No matter what country you go to, they know the touch push. That's true. They're guaranteed to do the touch push. They'll do a circular touch push they'll do it to a different song, they'll do a Contra Tush Push, they'll do it. Trust me, at this event, they've already done the touch Push. So, All I right. would hope
0: so, I would hope so. It might have been in a different room where I've been. Yeah, 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 yeah. there
1: are four rooms. Okay. One, two, three, four,
0: yeah. Alright. Well, thank you so much for for coming out. And, no, Christopher, uh, thank you
1: for your questions. time. It's a pleasure to meet you. I love watching you dance. Like half the people that keep walking by us <laughs> in the interview keep saying, uh, "Yeah, don't stop, don't give up, bro. Keep doing it. Don't don't stop what you're doing. Uh, keep inspiring." Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you all next time. Thank you again. And uh, whenever you want to come to Europe, let me know. Hit me up. I got loads of events that I'll definitely hook you up. All right. And you know what? There's one event that I know you can't go, even if you wanted to go, and it's the Crystal Boot Awards, and. I can get you in as part of my floor crew you get to england and uh i'll put you up and uh you help us lay dance floor and you'll be at the event that everybody's dying to go to but you can't get in Wow, that
0: sounds very cool i might take it pleasure meeting you, christopher keep it up brother as well thank you sir